a greyhound to the county line She's reading Marx and Lenin all the time She says, Jesus freak, you're such a fool I say, Satan loves you, thinks you're cool She's a socialist of the highest degree I'm a communist, her mother hates me You're an anarchist, you don't want anything from me I'm a Satanist, at least that's what I think I might be Okay, um, so after a long hiatus because we've been insanely busy And also because uh, we recorded an episode and forgot to post it which or was... more precisely, Vix forgot to post it. I've been busy and stressed. By the way, that's Vix. That's Asher. And this is... Speak, Speak of the, the Devil! I don't know what that was. Hi, we're back, sort of. Um, well, we say insanely busy. We do mean insanely busy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. furthermore, insanely busy doing satanic shit. Yes. Um, for instance, you know, we're still running this little church. Yep. Just kind of got started on the 501c3 getting process. process. Yep. Um, we had camp. Yes, we had a Satan camp. We literally had a fucking church camp, camp retreat with about eight people in the woods doing satanic rituals. It yep. was awesome. It was actually awesome, and I hate camping, so. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. We've also started it on a book. We, yeah, we started working on this book that we're calling Libra Pandemonium. Hopefully you'll hear more about that eventually. Yep. Uh, I put out issue five of Luciferzine. Yep. And now I'm trying to organize a protest. Yeah. Um against ice as part of the month of momentum to close down the camps yep also you organized a previous protest against ice yes but i wasn't uh public about my hand in that never mind then so that didn't happen that never happened that wasn't real forget everything you just heard um <laughs> Yeah. So yes, there's been uh, hijinks, there's been camping, there's been writing, there's been... Sphere workings. Uh, Yes, which is another part of why we're back. Yes. Um, So this is going to be part two of our series on the Kleepote, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully there won't need to be a part three until a lot later anyway. Yes. Um, And it's kind of nice, though, that we waited this long. Yes. Because we've actually gotten into another sphere working quite recently. Yes. Yes, we did just do... Harab Zarek. The Ravens of Dispersion. Dun-dun-dun. Insert guitar solo. Yeah. I I can't do the last podcast on the left guy guitar solo. Yeah. So just kind of like... Yeah, that's... Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I guess I can do it. Um, yeah, so we are finally in sphere number seven. Yep. And it's an interesting place so far. First of all, uh, stats out of the way. The equivalent sephira is Netsok. The planet yep. is Venus. The world is still Yetzera. Uh, Infernal Palace is the fifth. Still kind of the solar plexus chakra. Because you got Samael and, on one side of that and Harab Zarek on the other. Yep. And uh, in there, living in there, we've got uh, Beelzebub and Tubal Cain, yep. among others. And if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, go listen to part one. Yep. Because... I'm not going to even try and give a recap of 
what the hell the Kleepotes or Kleefot is yes. right now. That's that's just not happening. I already it's, get it. It's <laughs> too many. Too many. So Herapzorak is kind of it's a really interesting place. Um it's often kind of described as the Klepa of love and war. Yep. Um, Ravens of Dispersion obviously brings to mind Carrion. Yep. Um, so it's kind of... If you think about, like, a, a battlefield and all the, like, glorious dead knights are lying around getting... Pecked at by crows. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a... It's not like a battlefield in, like, World War One, where yeah. it's, you know, trench warfare and everything's really yeah. disgusting. It's, it's more of like an archetypal, I don't know, maybe like an Arthurian legend kind of battlefield. Yeah. There's this sense of romance to Herobzorak. Yes. Um, the war in heaven is related to yep. Herobzorak. Um, or at least the legend of the war in heaven is. Exactly. Because, yeah. It's, um, it's really kind of a klepa of, like, legends and epics and tragic romances. Um. Yep. Art and creation. Um. I think yep. especially of things that are going to last when you're dead. Yep. Um, it's a, has a lot to do with ancestors, uh, the mighty dead. Yep. The, you know, heroes who have passed away. It has to do with legacies, really. Yes. Is, I think, the bottom line. Yes. And whereas Samael is a very individualistic kind of place in some ways. Yep. Um, it's really a place that's about orienting yeah. your world around yourself. Yep. Um, perhaps a wreck is about being part of a collective. Yep. Um, to such an extent that you kind of almost vanish a little bit. Yep. Well, it's also about deciding where your eye is, kind of. And I meaning self. Yeah. Not I like eyeball. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, like, because, like, we are infinitely atomizable, but also infinitely collectivizable. Mm -hmm. And so where we decide the thing we want to pursue is, is up to us, kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, what our, what our identity is, what we identify with, um what we incorporate ourselves into and what we yeah incorporate into ourselves a really good way to understand all of this shit yeah is to talk about beelzebub yep um the lord of flies yep as you may know him or them or them that's that's a good point um beelzebub is kind of very collective in nature. Um, think about hive minds. Yep. Think about ants and bees. Think also about how if you chop an earthworm in two. It becomes two earthworms. Yeah. Also, possibly think about Oogie Boogie from, um, God, A Nightmare Before Christmas, if that's your jam. Why? Did you have to tell me to think about a Tim Burton film? I'm sorry. Yeah. It just popped into my head. Well, if this is more your jam, yep. you know, if, I, if reference to an actually good movie is more your jam, well, you could think about the Xenomorphs, yeah. except... Yeah, not really. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about, like, a friendly hive mind. Or not necessarily even, like, friendly, just, I mean... Well, if you're on the left-hand path, it shouldn't be entirely hostile to you. Yep. Um, you know, if you've gotten this far in your workings on the Klepote, yep. 
hopefully this is kind of what you're supposed to be doing and you should be able to handle it. Yep. Now, <laughs> that said, here's the thing about Beelzebub. I don't advise summoning them indoors. I spoke to a friend uh -huh. not long ago who told an anecdote about summoning yeah. Beelzebub and then having the house be completely filled with flies. Yep. Actually, the way my friend described it, he wouldn't have been able to put a quarter against the wall without squishing a fly. Yep. That many fucking flies. So, you know, I heard that advice and I was like, ha ha, you know, that sounds a little extreme. But, you know, I, I don't want to summon hundreds and hundreds of bugs into my house. I, I don't even want to summon, you know, 20 extra bugs into my house. So I'm, I'm going to try and interact with beals, mostly outdoors. Yep. You know, no offense. I just, bugs are not my favorite. And also, like, oftentimes being in the house isn't a good place for them, really. Yes. Um... So I practiced pretty good hygiene, I would say, with my summoning of Beals and talking to Beals being yep. an outdoor affair. But still, on the day of the Harabzarek working, the house suddenly goes from having zero ants in it yep. to having all of the ants in it. So many ants. And yours truly... Uh, while I may be a big scary magus, or like to think that I am, I am absolutely, f I have a huge phobia of ants. Yep. Some people can't handle spiders. I think spiders are fine. Yep. But ants. Ugh. Incidentally, I've noticed a drastic increase in the number of spiders I see around the house since we entered Harab's Rec. Oh, yeah, same actually. But yep. I don't mind the spiders too much. No, the spiders are fine. They're and cute. also... The first drastic spider increase was after I started talking to Aisha's a new name. Yep. And so I've just kind of been like, okay, there's more spiders. That's fine. Yep. My lovely ex-boyfriend would not like it at all. You. Funny thing is, he never really saw all the extra spiders. Yeah. They knew to avoid him. That, that happens while he was still living here. Yeah. But he didn't seem to notice. Well, you and know. actually, if he had noticed, I would have known because he would scream. Yes, so <laughs> there you go. Anyway, tangent though. So it's the day of the Harab Zarek working, and my house is full of ants. Yes. And I had the biggest phobia episode I've ever had. Yep. Um, I was like huddled up on a rolly chair with my legs pulled up to my chest. Yep. Sort of like shivering and whimpering because the floor was ants and begging Vix to help me deal with them. Which I did. And, you know, eventually I calmed down and I was like, okay, Beelzebub, I get it. Um, there is often an element of testing. Yep. With uh, sphere workings. Yep. And also... <sighs> There was an element, so, like, for that sphere working, we both did a very small, very sensible, very hygienically done, don't do this at home unless you know how, blood sacrifice, and I think that was Beelzebub's contribution. Yeah. Because um, some of them did die, as much as I tried to spare as many of them as I could. Oh, I, I committed full-on warfare against yeah. those ants before you even got out there i know i I, know. I was there with the orange guard just yeah going crazy but also kind of screaming in terror yes while killing these poor tiny little things that are so much smaller than me yep but it's okay <laughs> they're kind of they're not the entity it they're a part of a larger thing really. which is yeah the, the ant hill the hive yeah um, I mean, incidentally, my phobia has noticeably improved slash not completely disappeared, but pretty damn close. Yeah. Since the incident. So, you know, 
if that kind of in-your-face testing scares you, that's understandable. Yep. We, uh, Klepodic working is not for everyone. Yep. But there are rewards. There are. Yeah. Um, so another thing about Beelzebub that yes. I think is interesting is that, um, so one of my friends refers to Beelzebub and other demons that have a very similar, wh whose names are derived from Baal. Yeah. Essentially, as the Baalim. Yeah. Because there's a number of demons that, like, you've got Beelzebub, you've got Baal, I forget my friend's, um, patron. Bereth? Bereth? Baal Bereth, yes. There's, there's a bunch of them. Yep. That are kind of, they're the Baals. Yep. And I'm not really sure how they all relate to each other, but that kind of accentuates that hive-like collective... Quality? Yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But, like, part of me was, like, what if they relate to one another as, like, Hansen or the Jonas Brothers? Why are you like this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Wait. Yep. Wait. What's Beelzebub's favorite band? The Beatles. I hate that you can read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Beatles. Yep. I think he might prefer Adam Ant. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. We have fun. We do in our weird, wacky, wild way. Yes. Um. But yeah. So. No. So, yeah. Go ahead. No, you. Well, I was going to say, um, also hanging out there is Tubal Cain. Yeah, we should talk about him. And also probably talk to him at some point. Yeah, we haven't encountered him yet. But, okay. So cool. So much going on with Tubal Cain. Yep. Tubal Cain was uh, Nama's brother. Yep. And he was the first... Blacksmith. So, he's associated with weapons and armor, but also jewelry. Yep, because um, he's also the first goldsmith. Yeah, just, you know, literally the first anything, anything you make out of metal, Tubal Cain. Yep. Um, now, the armor thing, though, and I think to some extent the swords and weapons, really relates to the insects. Yep. Because insects have exoskeletons. Which are like little suits of armor. Yep. And when you think of them that way and you think of them in relation to sort of the love and war theme yep. of Harabzarek, they're like little knights in their little suits of armor. Yep. And some of them have stingers, for example, like yep. little swords. Yep. Um, so I think that's how Tubal Cain and Beelzebub are yep. vibing with each other and hanging yep. out in the same place. Oh my god. Hmm? Tubal Cain crafting little tiny carapaces for insects. <laughs> that is beautiful. And I love it. Um, and actually even the sort of jewel-like quality of a lot of beetles. Yep. Yep. And... You know, the, the bug and insect thing is actually going to carry over a little bit to our next clip up, but yeah. we don't need to get ahead of ourselves. Yep. Um, yeah. So, we haven't been here very long, but some of the lessons that I think that one might be able to get in Harabzarek have to do with, for one thing, um, ancestor work. Yep. Lineage. Um, kind of coming to terms with your ancestors, thinking about, in a certain sense, what kind of ancestor you're going to be. Yep. What your legacy is going to be. There's also this aspect of armoring and, like, hardening your shell. Yep. So there's a, a protective 
aspect yep. to this. But there's also an aspect of finding cohesion and belonging and membership in yep. a collective. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's also kind of an aspect of going down to the bone, which yes. ends up becoming your exoskeleton in a weird way. Yeah, because of course we're also dealing with carrion am animals, we're dealing with the ravens of dispersion, we're dealing with the flies, we're dealing yep. with worms and maggots and everything that strips away all that is putrefying and all that is, yep. you know... Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You know, if I was going to assign a an alchemical phase to this, yes, it would actually be um, albedo. Yes. Well, it's whitening. It's down to the bone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Samael, being the place of Samael the Black, definitely has a relationship to Negretto and to yeah. putrefaction yes. in the alchemical stages, to the black phase. Herobzorek, I think, actually is more to do with the white phase. The Holy shit! Phase. And then Thigurion is yellowing. Um, yeah, or reddening, depending on yeah. if you use, you know, yeah. how many stages of alchemy you acknowledge. Yes. Yeah. There can be three or four, depending on... Or then on... you have the peacock's tail, and we need to, like, not geek out on alchemy too fucking yep. much. We can do an episode on that later. Yeah. Um, But basically, the, the three main stages of alchemy are black, white, red, mm -hmm. which symbolizes putrefaction, you know, breaking down. Yep. Uh, purification, kind of being refined. Yeah. And perfection... I guess. Yep. Because I like to say, you know, I like to be very alliterative. PPP. Yep. Um, which is the creation of the Philosopher's Stone. Yes. And is a red. Um, red yes. is the color. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Harab Zarek is definitely... It's a place of... Kind of dissolution of the self and incorporation of the self into something larger yep as well because that's actually yeah. also an aspect of um the breaking down yeah is um yeah ooh, i just had an eerie thought yeah what if now this is just a crazy idea uh -huh. what if some of the parts of you that you are spiritually letting go of while you're in harab zarek yep or becoming spiritual matter that's being incorporated into other things. And you might not even know it. No, that makes sense. I don't think that's eerie at all. I think that's good. Well, we're different in some ways. <laughs> to me, that really creeps me out. I'm just like, I'm not using it. You take it. Okay. But what if, like, in more concrete terms, what if... um. Some of the matter that's not necessary to you that's being got rid of is, say, for example, I don't know, your codependent relationship with your best friend. Yeah. Like, how would that be incorporated by something else? Well, hopefully it would be recycled into something where it would be, like... Where Helping it... someone who's too detached. Yeah, or so know. essentially putting it in a place where it's functional rather than dysfunctional. That'd be cool. That's just a completely crazy yep. brainstorm. I have no idea if that has anything to do yep. with anything real. But, but yeah, like it's it. also, weirdly though, finding kind of the bone, which is both kind of incorporation into something larger, think, you know, kind mm -hmm. of uniform pile of bones, but also finding, weirdly, what is core to you. Yes. Well, and, and that's when we get to the skeleton versus exoskeleton yes. thing and in a sense it's like armoring yourself by putting the hard core on the outside yes huh. exactly you can almost think of that as making your deepest values your externalized identity 
Yeah. And your armor. And how much strength does that give you? Because normally we want to hide the things that really matter to us on the inside. Yep. But I think when we actually take them out into the world and lead with yeah. them. Well, also, if you put them on the outside mm -hmm. and you see someone wearing the same metaphorical colors. Then you have solidarity. Yes. yes. Then you have something like deep and important in common. Mm -hmm. So, hey. This is not going to be an episode entirely on Harab Zarek. Although we... We could, maybe. Yeah. But we want to try and get through the Klepa that we uh, haven't talked about yet, even though we haven't done them yet. Yes. God, I don't know if that's even going to work. Well, we might do a third one of these. That's okay. Well, so after Harab Zarek... Yep. You have number six, Thagirian. Yep. Which is... A very interesting place with a very interesting potential connection to Harab Zarek and yep. Beelzebub. Um, it's the equivalent to Tiferet. Beauty. Um, yeah, slash harmony, balance. Yep. Tiferet doesn't translate perfectly as beauty. Yes. The Girion means the disputers or something like that. Yep. Um, the planetary association is the sun because in old school western astrology we think the sun is a planet i guess yeah uh, the world now is bria so we've come out of yetzera yep um and i'll talk about what that means a little more in a second yep the infernal palace is the fourth the heart chakra would be the heart chakra um beings that inhabit it include a demon called belphegor and potentially the the beast or the antichrist spirit mm -hmm. which is a, a very weird thing to think about philosophically and yes you could get into a whole debate about what that is yep um some of the keywords here are initiation ascent death and rebirth uh the king court wealth knowledge abundance decadence valuing and accepting the fleeting nature of material things um valhalla the elysian fields fertility cultivation higher self holy guardian angel yep and that's kind of a lot of uh spitballing of words yep we'll try and give you a better idea of what we're talking about yep. here um so belphegor is the ruler here yep i'm kind of I think Belphegor might actually be one of the Baleem. That would... Because I'm pretty sure I've seen that name broken down. Yeah. Such that it's a... Yes. Bale at the beginning. Yes. Um. Let's just get this out of the way. He is, among other things, a, a poop demon. Yes. He's also a demon of ingenious inventions. So, he's that guy who has great ideas on the toilet. Yep. Um, in some systems, he's attributed to sloth among the seven deadly sins. Yep. I don't know if I'd really say that, but that's another popular association. Yep. Um, I think of the Knight of Pentacles uh -huh. in Rider Waite because you... You see those nice brown plowed manured fields in the yep. background and you just know someone's something's gonna grow there. Yep. Um and you also know that it's a bunch of shit. Um in Egyptian mythology, interestingly, yeah. the sun is supposedly a ball of dung being rolled across the sky by a dung beetle. Yes. Which is Belphegorus fuck. Exactly. Um, he's also sometimes considered a lord of the dead. Yep. So, a a solar poop demon. Yes. Which, at first, is very confusing. But when you think about the sun shining down on the richly fertilized fields. Yes. You think of a few things, yep. one of which is this smells terrible, 
but another is you know that stuff's going to grow and there's going to be exactly. a great harvest. Exactly. Um, also, that mm-hmm. like, what was I going to say? Um, pa, 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 that in a certain way, like, so Gamaliel mm-hmm. is kind of the like lunar slash feminine phallus and i feel like in a weird way the Girion is a little bit like dude womb yeah could be solar solar yonic instead of solar phallic yeah um could be yes uh speaking of solar phallic we're talking about the great beast so we're going to get a little Crowley in here for a second. Because yep. um, the other inhabitants of, inhabitant of the Girion is supposedly the Beast, or Chioa, or the Antichrist, or Sorath. Although Sorath is a dumb demon invented by dumb old Rudolf Steiner, and I think that Sorath is a fake name. But it's a term for the solar Antichrist spirit, so yep. you'll see it pop up. Yep. Um, personally, I see the Antichrist as representing the higher self of the practitioner, um, or in more Thelemic terms, perhaps the holy guardian angel. Yes. Um, and I believe that in Golden Dawn and, uh, Thelemic initiation schemes, when you're getting up to Tiferet is right around when you're starting to try and yes. talk to your holy guardian angel more. Yep, and in our theology, in some ways, your sort of antichrist spirit could be considered a higher self, holy guardian angel type dealy. I already said that. Sorry. Please pause. Yes. So, yeah, Vix got a little distracted because he was on a research break. And I'm actually really glad that he took it because we found some cool shit. Yes. Um, for example, yes, we that confirmed that Belphegor is one of the Balim. Yeah, it comes from Baal Peor, which means Lord of the Gap, which I mean... Talk about your solar yoni. Yep. The Gap, eh? Yep, and also he's the father of a deity that shows up in numbers in the Bible, so. Yeah. Um, also, regarding the Antichrist thing, this is a cheap shot, but this is sphere number six. Yep. And actually, there's a number that's called Belphegor's Prime, which features 666 surrounded by, or surrounding 13 ones in some way. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's weird. That sounds like some fun gematria. Super fun gematria. Even though I hate numbers. Yes. Um, and yeah, also, so the, I was going to get into a little bit the Tarot Association. So Harab Zarek is seven. And if you think about the sevens um, tarot-wise, mm-hmm. you have like kind of like the seven of cups is figuring out what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, the seven of wands is kind of like this getting defensive but not seeing any of your enemies so it might be you're fighting yourself kind of mm-hmm. um, the seven of pentacles is like waiting for the harvest yep um, so like waiting for bodies to become fertilizer on a battlefield just mm-hmm. saying and uh, the Seven of Swords is about, like, that one's weird. That one's Yeah, well, Seven of Swords is like, I'm stealing all these fucking swords. Yep. Um, From a battlefield. Yeah. Which is weird, but also when you consider... Maybe, yeah. The way that humanity came to possess the secrets of metallurgy makes perfect sense they were kind of stolen slash conned out of the uh 
Yep. Fall out of the Watcher Angels. Yep. Or who are we kidding? They were fucked right out of them. Yep. By Nama. Yep. To Kane's sister. Exactly. Also, so then sixes, six of wands, this like shiny big triumph. Mm-hmm. Yep. Six of cups, like little babies, new birth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, six of pentacles. Ho ho ho! I'm charitable and throwing yeah, money yeah, to yeah, the poor. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the six of swords is like moving on, which yeah. as the first sphere of a new level. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yep. Um. Yeah. I think that there's definitely. Some people will be like, oh, this is about death and rebirth. But, I mean, a lot of the spheres, you can say that about them. Everything's death and fucking rebirth. Yeah. But also, I think that Thagirian is more birth than death. Yep. Um, like, you yeah. kind of, already, you did your death. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you kind of do your death in Samael, and you do some, like putrefying and uh yes being purified in harab zarek and then you're you're getting a rebirth yeah um, you're you're a big shiny fucking solar antichrist phoenix yep um and yeah you're you're out of yetzera which is sort of the astral mental realm and you're into bria which is this like emotional spiritual realm yes um it's attributed to water i believe whereas yetzera's air yes um so you know that's a thing yep anyway i'm i'm looking forward to doing figurian i seems like it'll be fun. oh we should mention yes um so our personal gnosis is that belphegor and beelzebub are an item because think about it, flies and shit. Could there be a more perfect and loving pair? I didn't think so. Moving on. Yep. So, um, shit starts to get more intense really fast. Yep. And we hit Golakob, which yep. means burning bodies. Yes. Um, Always fun. It is the equivalent of Gavura, which out of all of the Sephirot is the one that is, uh, you know, it, it's severity. Yep. It's God's wrath and judgment. Yep. It, it doesn't calm the fuck down. So, Gavura, but the Clipotic version. Go so, yeah. even less calm, potentially. Yep. The planet is Mars, because of course it is. Yep. We're still in Bria. The Infernal Palace is now the third. Yep. Um, chakra, I guess, throat. Honestly, I'm kind of moving away a little bit from perfectly mapping to chakras. Yes. And more to, like, because the tree goes on your body yeah. in a different, different way. way. So it would actually be more like uh, your left shoulder. Yep. Um, Breathe into your left shoulder, if you can. I mean, honestly, yep. I know it sounds weird, but I've been, like, doing some chakra meditation breathing-like exercises. Yeah. Except with the klipa instead. And, yeah. It's damn cool. It's yep. good shit. It's good shit. It works. And it makes sense for those to also be energy centers on your body. Yeah. Because, I mean, your your freaking arms, you know, your shoulders, there's a lot yeah. of kinetic energy flowing out of your shoulders. Exactly. So, um, anyway, though, back to Golakab. Key words. Violence, war, vengeance, punishment, justice, severity, pain, conflict, competition, fire, destruction, the war in heaven. Yeah, so, like... Golakab is kind of like the war in heaven eternally, and um, Harabzarek is sort of like the memory of the war in heaven or the aftermath in a very weird way. We're almost like the veterans and the legends. Yes, that's kind of what I... Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, it's the fallen of the war in heaven. Oh. In some ways, too. Yeah. Because we don't really hear about it much, and it's sort of an interesting metaphysical question. Like, did anybody did die? die? Like, could those angels die? Yeah. And actually, that's a question we should ask some demons. Yes. Um. So, <laughs> the ruler of this... There's a couple of demons that rule in this Klepa. Yes. Um, one of them is Asmodee. Yep. Who, as I've probably mentioned on this podcast before, I don't fucking like him. Yep. Um, I... He's had very poor boundaries. He's wanted very much to work with me or something. Yep. And I've had to hard banish him. Well, I've had to banish him many times. Yes. I haven't yet done the super hard banish because I'm trying not to have it come to that. Yes. Also, that would be smelly. It, yes. See, the thing is, if you need to hard banish Asmodee, um, we are told by the Book of Tobit that you should burn the heart and liver of a fish. Yep. Preferably a river bass. Um... The thing about doing that is that's probably going to banish everyone else in the vicinity as well. Because, ew. Because you're burning fish guts. Um, Asmodee is the son of Agrat Batmalot. Um, we're not really sure who his dad is. Yep. It might have been a demon. might have been a human. Possibly King David. Possibly Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very associated with wrath, lust, gambling, intoxication, addiction... I think of him as the demon of poor impulse control. Yep. Um, he's also pretty misogynist. Again, see Book of Tobit. Yep. Um, yeah. Fun fact, if you ask, art thou Asmodee, he has to answer truthfully. Yep. Which is really handy because he likes to impersonate other demons. Yep. And um, sort of partly UPG, but also seems to be born out in some texts-ish. He seems to like that my name is Legion quote a lot. Yep. Um, both because he said that when he was possessing your husband for a second. Yep. Uh, Ex-husband. Yep. Sorry. And um, in some accounts of possession cases that he's allegedly been involved in. Yep. He's said my name is Legion. Yep. So that's kind of a an asthma red flag to me. God, asthma day is in so many ways a shitty internet bro. Yeah, he's kind of a fuckboy. Well, yeah, because, okay, so he's got that, like, rage-filled misogynist, like, incel vibe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's like, I am Legion in, like... <laughs> we are anonymous. We are Legion. Yep. We do not forgive. We do not forget. <laughs> yep, he's wearing, us. like, a plastic Guy Fox mask on YouTube. And embarrassing everyone. Ugh. My name is Legion would be almost more um, appropriate for Beelzebub. Yep. And come to think of it, I should ask them if they like that one too. Um. Anyway, though. So, I don't like Asmodee. When I get to Golakob, I'm not planning on looking him up. Instead, I'm planning on talking to Astaroth. Yes. Who was associated both with Golakab and with Gashikla, the next Klepa. Yep. So Astaroth is possibly a demonization of Ishtar. Yep. Our gnosis is that Ishtar is his mom. Yep. And, you know, related to Ishtar, but not Ishtar. Yep. Um, he's number 29 in the Goetia, and he's a duke. Um, also according to the Goetia, apparently he has really bad breath that you need to protect yourself from with a magical ring. But he might not do that to you if you're polite and a left-hand yeah. path magician as opposed to a Solomonic dick who's trying to kidnap yep. him. Okay, but here's another question. Mm -hmm. If bad smells bother Asmo, does Astroth use the bad breath See, okay, here's the thing about Asmo. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's bad smells in general. He specifically hates fish. Yes, this is true. Um, because fishies. according to the Book of Tobit, fish remind him of God. But we also know he has mommy issues. And I recently found out that um, Agrat Batmalat might be um, identical with a demoness called... Shit. Oh, God. What's her name? Okay. You you just uh, entertain the nice listeners while I try and pull this up. Yes. Um... It's the female demon in the Testament of Solomon. Yes. The point is that she is part fish or something. Yes. And Aggie has always liked mermaids. Didn't I start drawing her as a mermaid before I found that out? Yeah, and I—that's weird. And I've been associating her with mermaids for a fucking long time. Like she always loved my like mermaid tarot cards. Okay, Obizuth or Abizu. Yep. Interesting. Um. Yeah. Yep. She's uh, sort of fish-like. Um. Yep. So yeah, Asmo doesn't necessarily hate bad smells. He fucking hates fish. Yep. Because he hates God and also women. And and also his mom. So much. And yeah, he does seem like the kind of person who would like compare cis female smells to fish because sounds like a piece of shit. <sighs> Don't insult Belphegor like that. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not as good as a piece of shit. Yep. The, Belphegor is just the poop emoji. Belphegor. Also, <laughs> so I thought about Belphegor and Sloth. Yeah. And actually, here's what Belphegor is. So, like, I think that the contrast between Belphegor and Beals maybe a little bit mm-hmm. is, like, Beals can be a little bit, like, busy as a bee working, working, right. working. And I think Belph can actually be kind of, like, he can be kind of passive. Well, not even he just... He can just kind of wait for his crops to grow. Yeah. Well, also, I think that sometimes Beals is, like, especially with the ingenious inventions. Mm-hmm. Well, A, he's, like, inventing things so to save you labor. You mean Belphegor with the ingenious inventions. Yes, Belphegor. Yes, okay. Belphegor with the ingenious inventions. Inventing things to save you labor, mm-hmm. but also taking a moment to think about it. Yeah. Before you start on a project. Like, Belphegor is a little bit like measure twice, cut once, and take a minute. Yeah. And do it right. Okay. That's cool. Sorry. Also, let's get back to Astaroth, though, because yeah. we're trying to figure out how the fuck to get through Golakob, the yeah. craziest Kleepa. Yes. So, I don't know. We were talking about maybe he has really bad breath. We don't know. Um, we haven't worked with him yet. He has knowledge of past, present, and future and can tell you about the war in heaven, and according to Goetia. loves a war story. Yeah. Um, I haven't worked with him yet, but the vibe I get from Astaroth is a lot more um, level-headed yes. than Asmodee. So I'm going to be calling out to him yep. and trying to avoid Asmo on my journey up the tree. Yes. Now, we're actually pretty close to an hour, so I'm going to suggest that we talk about Gashekla. Yeah. And then our next and sort of final Klepa episode, for a while at least, Yeah. we can deal with the Abyss and the uh, Supernal Triad. Yes. Infernal Triad. Infernal Supernal. Yeah. Ay. Ay. Um. So, Gashekla which means the Devourers or the Smiters. This is uh, Klepa number four. Uh-huh. The planet is Jupiter. It's the equivalent to Hesed. Yep. Um, which is Mercy. Yes. Uh, the world is Bria. Infernal Palace is the second. Again, Chakra, Throat, or more accurately, Right Shoulder. Yep. Though... Also, the devourers with the throat does make a certain amount of sense. Yeah. Um, I really tend to feel like dot is more properly the throat, but yeah. that's a whole other discussion. Yes. Um, so, Astaroth also hangs out in Gashikla, and so does Lucifuge Rokafail. Yep. Um, 
keywords here are preparation for the abyss, stripping, dissolution, questioning, uh, the antechamber, the interrogation room, the temple. Again, we're back to some putrefaction and purification. Always um, gotta keep putrefying and purifying. Look, it's an initiation process. There's shit tons of death and rebirth. Yep. Okay. Um, but I think of this, this is kind of a different type. Um, yeah. In a way, I feel like some of the lower clevas, you're kind of doing that to yourself. Yep. You're kind of going through this organic process. Yes. Whereas I feel like in Gashekla, you're sort of confronted by these intelligences, these entities, these forces. Yeah. That are asking you questions and that are kind of confronting you more like guardians. Yep. Almost. And being like, okay, you're going to do this? Are you pure of heart? Are you ready? Yep. Um, and I think I say that possibly partly because of the nature of Lucifuge Rofakale. Yeah. Who's considered the prime minister of hell. Yep. Um, was originally written about in uh, the Grand Grimoire. Mm-hmm. And kind of described almost as like Satan's secretary. Yeah. Um, it was also originally described as male, but there's been an awful lot of practitioners experiencing them as female or feminine lately. Yep. Like, that's just been going around a lot. Um, lucifuge means fleeing the light. Yep. Which is interesting. Um, you know, I haven't encountered them personally yet, but... Yeah. God, when I was younger, I had a character I'd used that name for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who was honestly male, but very Agrot-like. Huh. Weird. Yeah, like pink candy-striped horns. Oh, dear. I don't think that's what we're talking about with Lucifuge Rofakale. No. Um, I was just yeah. remembering an amusing anecdote. I get the sense that Lucifuge is, in a way, a little bit of a bureaucrat. Yeah. Like, not in a bad way, but someone who's kind of keeping records, keeping track. Yep. Who's got some red tape in place. There are, like, hurdles you have to go through, hoops you have to jump through. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I think that in a weird way... So my sense, mm -hmm. and I've gotten... a few little pings from uh Lucifuge? yes um is it's kind of well it is this equivalent sphere of mercy mm -hmm. um and so mm. Mm -hmm. I, I got another keyword which is triage yes um mercy and so also they're like checking if like a it's a good time for you to go in mm -hmm. and also if you're ready to go in and mm -hmm. kind of just being like okay you're approaching some big stuff Ooh. they're kind of like i also just got a really creepy upg uh oh i think in some sense they're also kind of like recording you as you are in case you don't really make it through the abyss. We. Yeah. Um, because really, Gashikla, as far as I can tell, is kind of all about preparing for the abyss. And if you don't know what the fuck the abyss is, A, nobody does, and... B, we'll be covering it next time. Yep. In the third episode, we thought we wouldn't have to do. Yeah. But honestly, I think that it's been really nice how in-depth we've been able to get with this. Yes. And it's it's good when we can really cover spheres more. Yeah. Thoroughly. Yeah. Whew. Yes. So. 
I'm, okay, I'm just going to say, like, one more thing about Gashikla. Yeah. I'm really curious to do this one myself. Yeah. Because, okay, one of the things that makes me a little crazy about it yeah. is that every source that I've found about the Klepot yeah. um, talks about this story about Ishtar yes. in relation to Gashikla, which is when she, you know, tried to descend into the underworld yeah. And she was forced to remove all of her jewelry and her crown and her garments as she, like, went through these different gates. Yeah. Down and down into hell. And then finally she is confronted by yeah. her sister, the Queen of the Underworld, who kills her and hangs her on a hook. Yep. And that annoys me because Astaroth is not Ishtar. Yep. But I still feel like I need to mention it. Because it keeps showing up. It keeps showing up and it's... There's not that much material about Gashikla that isn't just telling that story. Yeah. You know, I have a couple of thoughts. What? Which are, I think that maybe some of the authors are, because they're like a grim dork. Yeah. Um, don't want to deal with the, like, equivalent of mercy. Yeah. In a way that isn't just, like, preparation for the abyss. Yeah. Um... Yeah, a lot of the authors who write about the Klepote are super, super, super grimdork. Um, and it's irritating. Because if you start out saying, like, Satan isn't evil, he's the light bringer, it's God who's evil. Yep. But with that out of the way, everything is blood and guts. It's a cannibal corpse album cover. Yeah. It's like... Maybe it's not. It's not. Necessarily. I mean, the Klepot is not a collection of, like, fluffy bunnies. No genuine spiritual path is just fluffy happy all the time, yep. as far as I'm fucking concerned. But also, no genuine spiritual path is just new, 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 all the time, yeah. either. No, it, it's... <laughs> spiritual journeys are not spinal tap. They're not Spinal Tap. They're not Kindergarten. Like, in this episode, we've talked about a Klepa that's full of bugs, a Klepa that's apparently full of poop, and, you know, freaking burning bodies and devourers. But none of the Klepote yeah. are entirely negative yeah. for lack of a better word um you know just a reminder clepote means shells or dregs yeah so all that this stuff has in common is that this is all matter rejected by god yep um and specifically because this does come out of a jewish kabbalah tradition yep um, by a god who has a heck ton of taboos. Yep. And I respect Judaism, including respecting it for its taboos. Yep. But there's a heck ton of taboos, especially about um, bodily fluids and excrements and menstruum yeah. and dead bodies. Yes. And really anything of that nature yeah so i think that's why a lot of that imagery is involved in the clepote is because the clepote yeah. are the the shells the dregs the the cosmic trash yeah from well, the perspective of god i mean there's the old term for hell gehenna which literally means the trash dump exactly and so it's 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 a big dump and sometimes in the dump, you find really cool stuff, actually. Yeah. And exactly, because the Klepote is a bunch of stuff that was devalued by a god that, if you're listening to this, you've probably decided you don't respect his taste very much. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that everything in it is cool, you know, even a stock clock is right twice, twice a day. day. But um, it's like digging through rich people's trash. 
<laughs> and on that note, I think we should end the episode. Yes. Do we have a satanic Beckwell's message? I don't know why that was a French accent. Well, I think you should say something in a French accent and then run it backwards. All right. Or wait, no, I have something. All right. I'm really glad that's going to be backwards because my French is very bad. Beautiful. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too. This has been... Speak of the Devil. The official podcast of the First Church of the Morning Star, which is so close to being like officially a church. We're so excited. Oh my god! Oh my god. Um, <laughs> we're on Twitter. I did recently post a single meme to remind people that we are, in fact, alive. Um, and... We're on Facebook. Yes, where we have a lively little group. And you can email at us, us at speakofthedevilpodcast666 at gmail.com. Yep. We're also, yeah, like our, like our Facebook page. Um, Love us. Yes. Um yes, that. Um, so Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Bye. Bye. Until next time. <laughs>